Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of the SEO cash flow with me, Olga Zar and Miriam Miriam. Miriam, so, I want to pronounce it the way I should, but yeah, yeah, my French is not that good. No, it, it's quite good. Most people, what I don't like about my name is that since it's Miriam Jessier, a lot of people call me Jessica. And I'm like, I don't know oh. where your brain gets this, oh. not my name. Yeah, at least my name at least is more international, I think. So like, at least my name is easy for people to pronounce. Your first name, because the last name was a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the first name, yeah, of course. <laughs> but Zar sounds easier. Yes. So okay. today we have an unusual topic, one that quite a few people have asked me about over the years, but over the past month, it's been flooding into my um, DMs. So let's talk about it. It's pricing. And pricing is a very, very wide topic, a very complicated one. So we're going to focus on something very specific today. And it's a lesson I call the price of a Louis Vuitton. Here's why, Olga. Normally, when I explain this to people, they tell me, well, I'm always afraid of charging too much and I'm not really comfortable. What if the client says no? What if, you know, the employer that I'm interviewing with says no? Well, yes, there are some times when you can get it deeply wrong, but many of us, you know, in our position in SEO, we, we get it wrong the wrong way. We are too cheap. So if I come to you and if I tell you, Olga, I have a Louis Vuitton for you. Yes, it's a handbag. You're going to love it. It's 50 euros. What's your reaction? It's probably fake. Yes, there's another possibility. It fell off the truck or it got stolen and yeah. end up with hot goods. So you're like, mm-hmm. And even if it's someone you like and trust, you're like, too good to be true. It can't be. And this is genuinely something that happens when you are an SEO. So I have an anecdote because it, oh, it's a doozy. Uh, my partner, partner um, the way he negotiates is, well, it improved quite a lot, but it used to be so horrendous that he would go for job interviews and it would be almost like we ended up owing the money company, like the company some money. But sorry, like can you tell? Money. Can can you tell who are you talking about? Because I lost you for just a bit of second when you said this. My partner, okay, okay. He would go for interviews, and he would come out, and it almost sounded like we owed the company some money at the end instead of them offering oh. him. And I was like, how do you do this? Like, how do you make it sound so bad that people are worried about hiring you because you're too cheap? And I did get the feedback once because, you know, I had a friend of mine in one of the companies and I was like, I have to know, like, what happens? And the person answered, he sounded so cheap that he sounded too good to be true. So we decided to go with someone else. Yeah, that's bad. That's a yeah. really real problem. So this is something that can happen quite often and it manifests itself differently. So maybe you don't get turned down, 
but maybe you end up like someone else I was talking to who was like, I'm not attracting the clients I want to be attracting and I don't know what's wrong. And it sounds counterintuitive, but my answer is it's probably a pricing issue. Yes, yeah. probably a messaging issue, but often it's a pricing issue. Why? Because if you end up with clients that tell you or potential clients that tell you, well, I could find someone on Fiverr or Upwork to do it for me. You're talking to the wrong client. I'm sorry. Then let them go to Upwork or Fiverr. That's not your lane. That's fine. That's not your pricing. But if they mentally put you on the same level, it's usually a pricing problem. And this, nobody stops to think about when you know you start freelancing or when you look for a job. Nobody ever considers, I could be too cheap, actually. And it causes issues. And I know you've had issues with that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I had issues with that. And some time ago, I heard someone say, and I think this is, this is very wise, the best way to double your earnings is to double your prices. And this is so true. And I've been doing that. And it really works this way. Even if you lose a few clients, like the, the end result will be probably the same and you will be doing half the work. And this is the issue that my husband has also been dealing with a lot because he used to have a lot of cheap clients, very cheap clients that would want his attention every day. They would call him every day having some issues, some problems, asking him for advice, and they were paying like a couple of hundreds of bucks per month. So something that probably is not worth that much of his time. And at some point we had a discussion. I told him that you had to get rid of those clients. And he actually stopped with that. And in the case of one client, I think he said that, okay, we have to, because the contract was ending, he said, okay, we, we have to, we have to end this because I'm now increasing my prices. And the client initially said, okay, so this is too much for me, but after a month, I, th I think he actually got back and this one client uh, wanted like these prices, which were more higher than before. And he was left with this one client that was actually worse and was, was the type of client that doesn't look for people on Fiverr. And this turned out to be a great thing. And this is also something I did. I have been doing, and I started doing, I think around two years ago and now I have a bunch of clients and this is enough for me. I don't need to have 100 clients who pay me 100 bucks per month and compare me to, to Fiverr people. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have a situation where, don't get me wrong, I'm not the cheapest. Um, I'm not the most expensive, <laughs> but I had a client of mine, I sure took bits, but she was emailing me every day and I was like, listen, you are 60% of my inbox, but you are not 60% of my income. Yeah, exactly. Here. And I told this client, either you book me more hours or I will be ignoring your emails and we will only address them when we have our scheduled meetings. She found money. She found time for me. And I was convinced that she would let me go. No, no. She bought even more of my time on a weekly basis. So... This is something that you have 
to know there is this relationship and nobody talks about it. And when you first get started, I, I've seen so many people tell me, I don't know what to price. I don't, I'm like, if you don't know what to price, your client doesn't either. They, they will dictate a lower price. Like they will take it. So once again, you have to consider yourself from the Louis Vuitton bag standpoint. You are worth something. You have value. Figure out what the value is. What do you bring your clients? If you are one of many, like a Fiverr or an Upwork worker, you are competing on price. And neither of us are competing on price. None of the successful freelancers we talk to or know operate on that basis. You're not aiming to be the cheapest. You're aiming to be the right person for the job, the right person for the brand, the right person for this specific client. So with this in mind, price yourself accordingly. And what does that exactly. entail? So, so you have the deliverable, the work to do, but you also have the communication to keep in mind. Do you have some meetings planned? Explaining the work to clients is important. Me, one of the things I've done, Olga, that is a bit different from you, I did increase my rates. I am working less and I'm still making the same amount, but I started doing something else as well. If the client expects you to teach them how to do it so the next time they don't have to hire you, that's absolutely fine. Don't stress. Just charge more. Charge more per hour because you're no longer selling a deliverable. You're selling your knowledge. You are helping them outsource yourself which once again, it's fine, but then they better pay the rate for that. And that's a different rate. So the answer to many of your dilemmas when it comes to client management and relationships, if you are beginning your journey as a freelancer, or if you're complaining about having the wrong types of clients, or the wrong types of projects, it starts with pricing. That is the root of the problem itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what are your thoughts on, because we are probably also getting a lot of leads as I am. And what are your thoughts on asking the, the potential client, what's your budget versus saying to the client right away, I only work within budget of that amount per month or per, per project, for example. So I had to make a difficult decision. And I also, once again, thought about the Louis Vuitton problem, that paradox. And in my um, website, the form says, select your budget right away. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, and right away, if you are less than a thousand euros or a thousand dollars, I know that I'm going to be asking you different questions than if you are ticking another type of box, first and foremost. The second thing is, if I'm recommended like I was today, um, a really nice lady reached out to me and she's like, I need help with SEO. You, you came highly recommended from this person. And I already knew Olga. I knew I was not the right person. I knew. And I told her, listen, I can help you by giving you access to some of my courses. I've written some articles here that can help you get started. However, I want to know more. Do you need someone to actually do an audit? Do you need someone to handle the thing for you on an ongoing basis? What do you need? And this is a small to medium business. She got back to me and she's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have time to learn that. I want someone to handle it. And I went, okay. And she's like, I also don't know how much it would cost. I have a budget of this much. Like she was honest. She already 
came with the price because she could tell that maybe it's not the right fit. So I told her, here are two people that I have trained that can help you. I am not the type of SEO that will write your Google My Business description. I will not be writing your product descriptions. This is something I can teach you how to do. This is something that I can provide a framework for, but that's not my job. That's not my day-to-day job. So if you want someone like this, go for this person, go for that person, maybe look for a third person that does A, B, C, D, E, F, the end. And it ended super nice. She was like, listen, I can tell you're not the right fit. And that's fine. So this is the best case scenario. But if the client, you can tell that's maybe not a fit, this has happened to me, because I had a few people who really didn't fit the bill. I asked them a few questions. I let them know politely what I do. And I told them politely as well, if you want an audit, I have a minimum amount. I don't care how big or small your website is. I only handle audits starting at this price. If you don't fit that bracket, it's fine, but I'm not the right person. And if your site is larger than this, just so you know that baseline price, it's blah, 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 and up, okay? And these people are like, oh, that's totally fine for us. We have that in the budget. Hello, Mr. Yeah. Morning. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there's nothing to be ashamed about. These people, you don't want to be friends with them. You don't want to be neighbors with them. They're not your family. They are clients. And if they're not your clients, let them know the end. Another element is recently, I had a friend of mine who was looking for mandates, but she couldn't say so publicly. So I go on LinkedIn. I'm like, I have a wonderful e-commerce SEO specialist. They're available. And then I get a message and the client, the potential client thought I was being coy and cute and saying that I was looking for clients. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Like, I'm sorry, I'm booked. Solid. I wish, but no. And I recommended them to a third person since this, the initial person was not answering. They had gotten mandates. I was the second one. The third person got back to me a few weeks later because we met at a conference a few days ago. And she was like, that client couldn't even afford my rate. So I think they couldn't have afforded yours either. And we got talking. I was like, nope, absolutely not. So I'm reading them for you. Like These things happen. It was a big brand. It was a well-known brand, but small budget, surprisingly. So you will run into some clients that want a legitimate, like authentic Louis Vuitton bag, but for the fallen off the truck price. And that's also another problem. So have you ever run into that? People who wanted to work with you specifically would not take no for an answer, but would also not enjoy your rates. How do you handle Yeah, I had such a situation and I think... Mary Haynes was also sharing situations she had. She was totally booked like we are now and somewhere someone needed an audit and she just couldn't possibly do it. So she came up with a like horrendous price. I don't remember exactly. I don't want to be quoted on that, but she said something like 100K dollars, something like that. I may be wrong, but a huge number. And they like something changed, something was going on. And finally they said, okay, we want you. Okay. We are okay with the price. And I also had a situation like that, but the price maybe wasn't that huge, but a similar one when I didn't want to do it, I didn't have the time. I knew 
I expected they would say no, but they still said, okay. <laughs> and I, I call this the plumber pricing. So not the Louis Vuitton, but the plumber pricing, because when you call a plumber and you have an emergency and they fix it for you and you're like, and there's this one little thing and there's my faucet dripping and they're staring at you like, you really want me to handle this? Okay. It's going to be 300 bucks. And you're like, for that price, I can get a wrench and do it myself. And the plumber's like, go right ahead. That's it. I don't want to do it. So, yeah, and exactly. I, I, I call this the plumber price because a friend of mine was a plumber. And he's like, that's what I do. That's what I do when I get like one of those annoying rich people that don't know how to handle anything and expect me to just smile at them and do it for free because while I'm at it, I give the plumber a price. And I think the plumber price ties into another type of pricing. Um, it's called the asshole tax. Ever heard of that one? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I think everyone has heard of that one. And if you're beginning to offer your services as a freelancer, you should absolutely look it up. So let me summarize it for you. You have someone that is incredibly rude to you or bless their heart, they really can't figure it out and they are getting on your nerves. You apply an asshole tax. And I'm going explain it outside of freelance land because I have a very good story about this more than 10 years ago I was in a dev center and there was this woman I won't give her name she's still in business but she didn't know what I was doing for a living she decided on a one project to cut my hours in half because she didn't know and expected me to do work and back in the day I used to price very close and never, ever go over my hours. That's why the, the dev center I worked at loved me. And she just annihilated my project, like annihilated. And hmm. she was so mean that she brought me into my boss's office and said that I was being rude and that I was demanding too many hours. And despite the fact that the hours had been agreed upon, I didn't deserve all these hours. Because all the client wanted was if people looked for their brand name or specific keywords, they just wanted to show up in Google. My boss stared at her and went, that's, that's her job. That is her job. The end. And I was like, I told you so. And she didn't have any more hours, so the client was very upset. She got reprimanded. And then the next time she came, she asked me to estimate a project. Asshole tax. I multiplied the number of hours, not by two. because By two, that's when you're mean to me. You force me to do things that I can't do in that number of hours. No. I multiplied it by three because she brought me in front of my boss, hoping that I would be in trouble. No, three times. And obviously, she was hired shortly afterwards. And then we had a new project manager come in and go, Miriam, I know what SEO is. You don't need that much time. I'm like, no, I don't. And he's like, so can I like get some hours back? I'm like, I'm really sorry. The asshole tax has been applied. I it cannot be taken back. And he's like, but I'm not this person. I'm like, I know, but I'm not taking any more risks. I don't know you. I don't know if I'm gonna have to explain my job to you. And explaining my job to you and every single deliverable eats twice the amount of time. So, mm -mm -mm -mm. and he was like, and. I finish the work and I give him back some of the hours, obviously. But I know you've had this in your 
concrete life as well. You said, hey, you increased the price. Tell me, do you multiply? How do how did you apply the asshole tax? Uh, I think I multiply. Yes, simply twice or three times. Yes. So that's something that I will say. If you are starting a new project, you will always underestimate how long it takes. So always, always yeah. multiply by 1.5 the number of hours. I promise you, you're not overcharging the client. I promise you that, okay? Tried and tested for many years in many agencies yes. and for my own. Because you always forget some stuff or there's always that one extra thing you have to do or there's like more emails than you thought or more meetings than you thought. Okay, now. Totally yeah, agree. I yeah, and times two or times three, like you did. Now you're entering asshole territory and those folks must have deserved it, okay? So that's another piece. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I would say that even two times more time is usually for me, at least. And what do you do if you, even if you still underestimate your project? So you, you have been hired, even you, you, did, you multiplied by two, but then it turns out that there is still more than even this double oh. amount. What do you do? So there's two different things. Number one, what can cause this? If you underestimated because you made a mistake, that's on you. You swallow these hours, you learn that lesson. It happened to you once, it won't happen to you twice. Good. But usually it's not your fault. Usually what happens? scope creep so i've had situations yeah. i get back to clients and i'm like this was not agreed upon ta, 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 ta. if you want this it's fine but you're gonna have to pay more if not we remove it okay yeah sometimes client clients take you on a ride and you keep saying yes 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 and you realize you've been doing a lot of things that were not agreed upon yeah and go, hey, I've done already all this, and you agreed to me doing this, but this ate into the hours. What do we remove? Or would you like me to provide a new estimate? This usually works as well. But, and this is where it gets difficult, you also have some folks that will try to hire you. So I've had this where it's a freelance project manager hiring multiple specialists to make a project happen. Yeah. And these, these people... They're your intermediaries with the clients. So they tell you what the client needs, but you've never spoken to the clients and turns out it's not true. And then they come and ask you to do more. So what I do in that case is protect myself and I provide two to three estimates. The minimum viable product where if you mm -hmm. want whatever, is, whatever you requested to be done, it's going to be this price, minimum. Then I will provide the this is what would make the client happy. Like, this is a good job, well done, etc. middle ground. And then I offer the luxurious option where everything is included, etc. So I have provided these um, elements for one project manager because I knew her, okay? And she always approved the lowest price. And she would always come and ask me for something that was included in the middle or the higher price. Uh -huh. And I would take out those two papers and go, so which one is it? And she's like, well, uh, we need all of this. I'm like, okay, so you understand that the pricing is in consequence, right? It's right there. I offered it to you. And she's like, oh, and she didn't say that she wanted this for the lower price. 
because I explained yeah. briefly what she was getting each way. It's a little bit more time to prepare it, but it pays much. Yeah, that's so, a really great tip. I I see your eyes going, ooh, yeah, it really yeah. helps you um, because that that's the way I explain it. I'm like, you have different types of SEO. You have SEO friendly, where we do our best just to be friendly, and so it works. Then you have SEO optimized, where I'm like really thinking about this and making sure that you're doing what you need to be doing. And then there's the whole, I want to beat the competition. Let's do this. And that's mm -hmm. the thing. So that's how I present things. And once again, you know what you're getting. You're getting a plastic bag. You're getting a nice backpack. Or you're getting the Louis Vuitton. Your choice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So maybe let's let's summarize it in some actionable tips for people who are watching this video for freelancers. So don't be afraid of doubling or tripling your prices. Don't. I mean, yes, that's a fundamental one. But the, 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 the stuff I would say, and then I'll let you be the voice of reason is don't treat yourself like a plastic bag. You are Louis Vuitton price yourself accordingly. Okay. Number one. Number two. There is such a thing as the asshole tax. Yeah. It happens times two, times three. Number three, you will always underestimate the amount of time it will take because of scope creep or whatever other reason. 1.5 times the amount you thought you would be asking the client. That's the minimum to be safe. And I number four, I have a number yes. four. If you don't like the client, if you don't want him, say the price that's totally like out of the scope and if he agrees then you will you will probably have motivation to do the job if he agrees and if he if he doesn't agree then then you will be like i didn't want to work with him and number five if you think you're having client issues like the clients aren't right they don't feel yeah. good it's a pricing problem yeah 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 exactly exactly and nothing happens if the client says no to your price. There will be another client along the road, the better one. Yes, because you know what? That is not your client. The end. Yeah, exactly. That was nice. Thank you, everyone, for coming to um, SEO Cashflow. And yeah. um, for the next edition. And from now on, we will be publishing it twice a month so that you have less time to digest what we are talking about and you have more material more ideas that you can actually start to implement yes and i've been getting so many questions that you know it's easier if we don't wait a month for this to happen yeah exactly so see you in two weeks, see you in two weeks. yeah bye bye